Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, and you're listening to a Flourish Inc. podcast of how to set effective goals in the new year. This podcast is recorded from a live event on goal setting that took place the last week of December at Columbia University in New York City. This program covers the five pitfalls to avoid when setting New Year's resolutions. I'll take you through the process of reflecting and maximizing your accomplishments this year and then effectively strategize for your goals for next year. Throughout the program, you'll find useful information from the field of positive psychology and scientific research to support these techniques. I encourage you to visit my website for a free document to help you work through the goal-setting process. Go to www.amelia.com forward slash goals dot html. That's spelled www.emiliya.com forward slash goals dot html. Also sign up for my free newsletter where you can receive weekly tips based on positive psychology and other disciplines to create a life of flourishing. Enjoy the program and I hope to hear from you soon. How many people here are happy right now in this moment? Awesome. How many people can use more happiness? Should be more hands, right? I am a life coach and motivational speaker and I have a master's degree in positive psychology. And for a long time prior to positive psychology, we didn't have negative psychology, but what we had was business as usual psychology, which focused a lot about how to fix what was wrong with people, how to get people away from depression, how to help anxiety, figure out what is schizophrenia, what is manic, manic depressive disorders. It was really focused about disorders. And when you look at fixing what's wrong with people, the best you can do is get to baseline, get to zero. Because just because you're not sick doesn't mean that you're healthy. So from that particular model, then getting to baseline, if you're in negative five, you're not feeling particularly great today, if you're trying to get rid of what's wrong with you, the highest you can get to is a zero. So whatever happiness you're at right now, that's sort of like, okay, that's pretty good, that's a cap. Positive psychology is about growing upward. We say it's north of neutral. It's about looking scientifically at things that can improve people's lives, improve well-being, improve happiness, resilience, optimism. So that's my background. I also am a yoga instructor and do a lot with nutrition and wellness to sort of bring a mind-body-spirit approach to helping people with their lives. And my company is called Flourish, and that's a, that's a topic I'm really passionate about. So those of you who said, yes, I'm happy, but I want to see everybody's hands go up because, hey, the beautiful thing about happiness is there is no ceiling. You never wake up and you're like, all right, I'm just too happy today. I got to stop, right? You might look at other people when you're in a down mood and they're too happy and you're like, all right, now you got to stop because I'm not there and I want to be. So the idea is that there is no cap, there is no limit. So today what we're going to be talking about is goals. This is the time of year for New Year's resolutions. Has anyone here ever set a New Year's resolution that they did not meet? God forbid, right? No? Yeah, I can't, I can't, can't imagine how that would ever happen. But many people will set New Year's resolutions and they don't achieve them. Likewise, many people set goals in their life and they don't achieve them. And there's a reason for that. There's many reasons for that. And one of the benefits about positive psychology, about looking at the stuff from a scientific perspective, is that we can begin to understand, well, what is it that makes effective goal setting? We can do placebo-controlled studies where one group gets one type of way to goal set and another group that gets another, and then another group that does nothing. And we can compare the difference. How effective are they at doing what they want to do? How happy are they? How much do they increase their well-being? So we can begin to look at all these things and be more effective in the way that we live our lives using the science. So I'm just going to read you a little something about New Year's resolution. 
This is from a really great book that I highly recommend. I just did a review of this book for Positive Psychology News Daily, where I'm a monthly author, and it's called Creating Your Best Life. It will be out in January 2009. You can pre-order it on Amazon.com. I highly recommend it. She's also a graduate of the Positive Psychology program, and this is one of the only books I've ever come across that actually takes research and applies it to goal setting. So it's a fabulous book. I highly recommend it. Caroline is wonderful. So she says... This phenomenon of failing at New Year's resolutions is so familiar to researchers that a certain day, the third Monday in January, has been dubbed the most depressing day of the year. This is when it's thought that people give up on their goals because they've encountered one setback. They are depressed about credit card statements that reveal holiday overspending, and the weather isn't cooperating to lift their moods. So instead of examining whether or not they have the right types of goals, is this the right way? Or... Should I do something different? They completely throw in the towel and conclude that New Year's resolutions just don't work. Can anyone relate to that? The third week of January, teach yoga at a gym. And it's funny because it's just known for that in the gym setting. You know, people all get their gym memberships first couple of days of the new year. And then within a month, within two months, most people just end up never there again. So sometimes works out in favor of the gyms, but for the most part, it, it doesn't. Because we want people to meet their goals. One of the problems with New Year's resolutions is a resolution is not a goal. Everybody get that? A decision to make a change in your life is not the same thing as setting a goal to make a difference in your life. So that's number one reason why New Year's resolutions don't work, because there's no backup plan. There's no way, there's nothing supporting it. It's empty. It's like a balloon. It's filled with air. So you can talk New Year's resolutions to me all you want, but the minute you say, I've set a New Year's goal, That means something very different to me than a New Year's resolution or a resolution to make a change in your life. So we're going to be talking about different effective ways to set goals. We're going to cover the five major reasons why people usually fail at their goals and how to circumvent that. And we're going to do what I like to refer to as a, as a year-end review. So I've done this every single year for the past five years. I do it with clients. I think it's really, really important before you jump into 2009, jump into the things that you want to do, that you start off with an overview of, hey, what did I do in 2008? What is it that worked for me? So in a moment, I'm going to have you guys start writing. So again, if you just got in, welcome. If you don't have paper or pen, you want to make googly eyes as someone sitting next to you and borrowed from them because this is going to be hands-on. And before we do anything, it's going to be really important that we just look at 2008 and what worked. This is another caveat of positive psychology. We're not just looking to figure out what's not working in people's lives, that we actually look to see what are the strengths. What is working? So what is it in this past year, these past 300 and, somebody do the math for me, 355 days or however long it's been, that has actually worked for you, that you did well? So what we're going to do is we're going to make a list of the things in 2008 that you learned, that you accomplished, that made you happy, made you feel grateful. And we're going to write them in the form of gratitude. And I want this list to be as long as possible, and I'm not going to shortchange you on this. So it might be a little quiet in here, but we're going to take a solid, like, 20 minutes to do this. 20 minutes is actually a lot when you're writing about the things that are working in your life. Um, there's a number of reasons that we're going to do this. So before you start doing it, I'm going to convince you why this is more valuable than anything else you're going to be doing. Number one is that how many people here have read the self-help book? A self-help book, any self-help book. How many people read a self-help book that had exercises in it? 
For the most part, people read tons of books. And they have all these great exercises in them that make you go, oh yeah, that's a great idea, I'll do that one day. But people never actually get to the meat of the self-help book, which is actually applying it. This is one of the benefits of working with a coach or someone that actually holds you accountable to do it, is that it's not enough to just read it. It's not enough to just say, oh yeah, good things happened to me in 2008. Actually doing the work, writing it down, is a powerful, powerful way to get the benefits. You don't really know it until you've done it. So one reason we're going to write it down. Another reason is that writing the stuff down in 2008 that worked for you is going to enable you to do a really, really powerful thing. It's going to enable you to savor what's right, savor what's working, savor what you've done well. And savoring is saying that we've studied a lot in positive psychology. You can savor everything from that Dunkin' Donuts Frappuccino that's on her table there by taking the time to do it really slow, smell it, feel the texture as it goes down your mouth, whatever it might be that makes you feel like you're enhancing the experience. But you can also do anticipatory savoring. We're going to do that at the end of the night when we write down what are your goals for 2009 and think about how great those goals and achieving them is going to make you feel. That's savoring in the future. But you can also savor in the past, being able to really go down the list. What did I do? What do I feel proud of myself for? What have I achieved? This is an important thing to do for another reason. One reason is called the negativity bias. Being that we're human beings, being that we're animals, we're prone to the negative. We're prone to the negative in that it enabled our ancestors to survive. Being pessimistic, being able to think about all the worst possible things that can happen. The, our ancestors that were able to do that, unlike the ones who are like, oh, we have so much corn this year, let's just eat all our corn because we're optimistic we're going to have lots of corn next year, didn't survive quite as well as our ancestors who were like, we got lots of corn this year, but hey, we can get invaded, or hey, we can have an ice storm, whatever it might be. Let's, let's think of all the worst things that can happen. So we're more prone to our, our ancestors, those were more likely to survive. Our brain is really good at fixating on the negative. Someone tells you one thing you did well, and then they comment on the fact that your hair looked terrible that day. You're ruminating over the fact that your hair looked terrible that day. The, the negative sticks a lot more than the positive. We tend to just blow it over, but we know that in order for flourishing to happen, you need to enhance the positive. We live in a world where we're being told recession, 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 possible depression. The things that you see on the day-to-day -day basis on the news, right? The negative is always being thrown at us, always being pushed at us. And so we need to make a conscious effort to bring the positive back in. And without that, we, it's, it just makes it harder to flourish. So what this approach is going to have us do is actually take the time to cultivate those positive emotions, cultivate what's working in your life. So you're going to make a list, as long as the list can be, about things that worked for you in 2008. What did you do? What did you accomplish? What made you smile? What made you laugh? Who did you affect? Who were you with? How do other people react towards you? What were your goals last year that you set? The really beautiful thing about doing this, and again, I've done this for a couple of years in a row, and I usually do this December 31st. The following year, I'm able to take out that list of things that I'd wanted to have happen, and I compare it to the list that I just made of things that had happened this year, and it's usually beautiful to see the overlap of things that I put my intention out to do compared to what I'd actually done. So hopefully we'll treasure this, these lists you're about to make and use them again in the future. So just a couple of more things about research. It actually prolongs your happiness. 
if you think about something that worked for you or something that you've done, it's sort of like you're reinventing that whole experience again. You can really allow it to, to come into your body, come into your experience. So don't negate it. Actually feel how, how grateful it feels or how good it feels. We actually, research shows that it improves your results. So people who are able to have something good happen to them and share that with a friend or share that with someone who cares about them, they feel more happy as a result of the situation as opposed to someone who didn't have the opportunity to share it. So if we're talking about happiness as the holy grail, happiness is what it's all about. You're going to have more happiness about what you've done when you're able to reflect on it and savor it. We know that as you experience more positive emotions, which something like this does, these sort of exercises to savor the positive, experiencing more positive emotions boosts your immune system. And heck, we all need that because you all came out in below zero weather to be here tonight to learn about goal setting. So we need a little immune system boost, which is another reason why we're doing this. And it increases your experience of gratitude. So we know that grateful people have more social networks, they have more friends, they are healthier, they usually have more good things happening to them, people who are grateful. So taking the time to savor what worked in 2008 is going to enhance that experience of gratitude in your own life. So a way that I, and just stepping aside from this particular exercise, a way that I integrate this into my life, into my clients' lives on an everyday basis is I keep a, a notebook, a, a journal of sorts, and from the beginning down, I keep it as a success log. So throughout the day, every day, I take just a couple of minutes. It doesn't take long. Two minutes to scribble down what worked. What did I do well that day? And then I flip the book over, and on the other side, I write my three gratitudes. I write down three things that I'm grateful for. So it doesn't take long, but it can tremendously increase your experience of positive emotions and what worked. Okay, so... 25 past the hour, you're going to sit down and I'm going to staple you to your seats and force you to write down what worked in 2008. I invite you, if you'd like, to write what worked in 2008 in the form of, I am grateful that. If you, want to, if you believe in a higher power, thank you universe that this is what happened in 2008 that I'm so grateful for. Once you make your list, you're going to turn to a partner next to you and you're going to share your list. And there's, there's a really critical way about how you can receive the information someone shares with you. One is just go, oh, that's nice. Um, so yeah, my list, right? <laughs> we love those people. We call them energy suckers. <laughs> they're, ward they're just a vortex. They just suck it all out of you. <laughs> okay? We, none of us have those people in our lives. Then you can be uh, the people who it's like you share great news, like I just got a promotion, and they go, do you realize how much more time that's going to require you to be away from home? Who <laughs> don't completely disregard what they've said, but they just completely bring it down with reminding you about all the negative consequences. So you don't want to be one of those people either. This is not the time and place for that. You want to be what we would call an active, constructive responder. You want to be someone that can enhance the person's experience of the joy of it. Enhance it. Make them want you to give more detail. So ask them questions. What was that like? You adopted a puppy this year. Wow. What was that like? What have you done for your family? How has that improved your life? What have you done differently as a result of? How do you feel when you come home when you've got a puppy waiting at your door for you? Whatever it might be. And I encourage you that if you get stuck, and I'll let you do this in a moment, I promise. If you get stuck, if you only got like three good things that happened this year, keep going. Keep going, keep going. And force yourself. No, no activity, no action is too small, too big. It's really important to 
savor that. The way that I work with my clients is we work on a week-by-week basis. And before we get on the phone together for our next session, I ask them to fill out a form that says, tell me about what worked for you this week, what were your wins, what were your challenges, what did you learn, what would you like to talk about, and what would you like to be held accountable for. And it's amazing how in the beginning you got like one line for what what worked, then and that line's usually like not much, <laughs> uh, tons of stuff that didn't work, and then everything else. And so I sit there and I say something's got had to have worked. You got up this morning and you're on the phone with me right now. So we sit there and usually with enough questioning, you can get someone much deeper as to what worked. Usually there's tons of stuff going on. It's just we don't put our focus on it. We don't give it enough attention. So I encourage you to keep digging and digging and de- digging. So, so you're going to take 20 minutes to do this. I really want you to, if you get stuck, you need help, just call me over. We have another positive psychology expert over here, Louis Alara. Hello, Louis, who can also be of service to you if you need. So, guys, ready? Set? Break. So as you're ready, turn to part A of your worksheet and begin to write down what is it that worked for you this year. When you're done, turn to the second part of this podcast where we'll look at more positive psychology and ways to learn from this year and then set your goals for next year.